Welcome. I'm Jeff Carls, Executive Director at the Institute on Religious Life, and this is the Institute's new podcast series called Ever Ancient, Ever New. On today's episode, we will be featuring a talk from our 2017 Midwest Regional Meeting by Sister John Marie Zwinger, who is a member of the Sisters of the Immaculate Heart of Mary of Wichita. The Sisters of the Immaculate Heart of Mary's primary service to the Church is the contemplation of the Word and the spreading of His message of salvation through various works of education in schools and spiritual retreats. In union with Mary, they pray for the Church, especially for the conversion of sinners and for the sanctification of priests. Sister John Marie's talk is titled, Consoling Mary's Heart, Fulfilling the Five First Saturdays. Her community practices and promotes the Five First Saturdays devotion for the conversion of sinners and in reparation to Our Lady's Immaculate Heart. Sister John Marie has a master's degree in systematic theology from St. Charles Borromeo Seminary in Wynwood, Pennsylvania. Thank you for listening and may God bless you. Well, welcome to the second breakout session on Consoling Mary's Heart, Fulfilling the Five First Saturdays. My name is Sister John Marie, and I'm a sister of the Immaculate Heart of Mary of Wichita in Kansas. Let's begin with a prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death, amen. Immaculate Heart of Mary, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Why do we need to console the Immaculate Heart of Mary? I mean, isn't Mary perfectly content in heaven, perfectly fulfilled? Let's consider who Mary is. In Scripture, she calls herself the handmaid of the Lord, the servant of the Lord. But God has lifted up the lowly. He's exalted her. Um, He's made her full of grace. She's the mother of the incarnate Son. She's the queen of heaven and earth. She has tremendous dignity all because she's the mother of God, and she has so many gifts and privileges for our sake, for our salvation. So we owe her great honor because God has honored her first. And our queen, our heavenly mother, has been dishonored and insulted and offended, and this offends Jesus. Um, So what are we going to do? What's our response going to be? Let's keep a few things in mind as we go through this presentation. Mary's queenly dignity and her motherly love for all of us. Um, Now recall, Our Lady of Fatima is merely asking us to live the gospel message. She's asking us to pray, to make sacrifices, to do penance, and bring about our own ongoing conversion with the help of God's grace, and to bring other people to him, to bring other people to Christ. So here in this devotion, we see the same themes as we do in the rest of the message of Our Lady of Fatima, with the added emphasis on making reparation to the Immaculate Heart of Mary. Once again, we see it's all about the conversion of sinners, including ourselves, but especially people who don't know the Lord yet, the glory of God. And we grow in our relationship with Jesus and Mary as we pray and offer sacrifice. Both of them did the same thing. They offered sacrifice, conversion of sinners. So we have five first Saturdays, five consecutive months, where we're making reparation for specific intentions. And there are five components, and we're making reparation for these five specific blasphemies. And we'll go through a quick overview, and then go into more depth on each of those. All right, the five components of the devotion are confession, go to confession, receive Holy Communion. Immediately we see Mary bringing us to sacramental encounters with Jesus. And then she asks us to pray the rosary and to make a meditation. 
Again, she's inviting us to Christocentric prayer in her company. Um, so Mary's always bringing us to Jesus. That's her mission. That's her life. That's her vocation. It's why she exists. And she's teaching us to be intentional in our prayer. We're forming an intention here. Now, why five consecutive months? Jesus explained this to Sister Lucia. We're making reparation for insults and blasphemies against Mary's Immaculate Conception, perpetual virginity, her divine maternity. All these are graces and gifts given by God. And so it insults him when people deny that he gave these gifts to her for us. Also, people try to take children away from Mary and desecrate her images or let them fall into disrepair. Here's some historical background. In 1917, Our Lady of Fatima appeared to the three children, Lucia, Francisco, and Jacinta, and during the June apparition is when her Immaculate Heart was visible to the children. Then she returned eight years later when Sister Lucia was a postulant in Pontevedra, Spain. You see a little map there. So Our Lady appeared in Fatima in the middle of Portugal, and then Lucia entered the Dorothean convent and was a postulant in Pontevedra there on the west edge of Spain. And then uh, that's where Mary came back. She fulfilled her promise to come back and ask for the five first Saturdays of reparation. And then later she was transferred to one a convent in Tui, Spain, where she learned why there are five Saturdays. What's the purpose of the reparation? Why are we making reparation? Let's go through each of those. Uh, and Fatima, Mary's heart was encircled with thorns in the second apparition. The children saw this, Our Lady's heart encircled with thorns, understanding that her heart was pierced by the sins of men, by their blasphemies and ingratitude toward the Lord, but also toward her. And then Mary opened her hands, and the rays of light that came out of her hands um, showed the children themselves in the light of God. And the other two children, Lucia, Lucia was in the rays going toward earth, and Francesco and Jacinta were in the rays going up toward heaven. Mary said, that's because these two children are coming to heaven soon, but you, Lucia, will remain on earth for some time longer, so you can spread devotion to my immaculate heart. God wants you to do that. So she said, Jesus wishes to make use of you, to make me known and loved. He wants to establish in the world devotion to my immaculate heart. And Lucia kind of sadly thought, does that mean I'll be left here alone? Mary said, are you suffering a great deal? Don't lose heart. My immaculate heart will be your refuge and the way that will lead you to God. Then when Mary returned in July, um, she opened her hands and the rays of light coming from her hands this time penetrated the earth and the children saw a brief vision of hell, very brief but terrifying. Mary said to the children, you have seen hell where the souls of poor sinners go to save them. God wishes to establish in the world devotion to my immaculate heart. Our Lady told the children that the war would end. This is World War I. But if people did not stop sinning and offending God, a worse war would break out. And we know it did, World War II. But it hadn't yet. So Mary said, to prevent this, I shall come to ask for the consecration of Russia to my Immaculate Heart and the communion of reparation on the first Saturdays, which she did about eight and a half years later when Lucia became a postulant. Now, this time of the apparition, Lucia was 10 years old, and um, she had to be educated, learn to read, and be old enough to enter the convent. At the end of her, that apparition in July, Mary said, in the end, my Immaculate Heart will triumph. Even with all this chaos and these horrible things going on in the world, the war and people, violence, her Immaculate Heart will triumph. There is hope, you know, and the Lord will be triumphant in Our Lady. Let's fast forward eight, about eight years, and Lucia is now in Spain as a postulant with the Dothean sisters who educated her. One day she was in her cell, and Mary and the child Jesus appeared to her and made the request for the five first Saturdays of reparation. 
They told her the means of doing so. First, the child Jesus spoke, Have compassion on the heart of your most holy mother, which is covered with thorns with which ungrateful men pierce it at every moment, and there is no one who does an act of reparation to remove them. Then Our Lady spoke, Look, my daughter, at my heart. Surrounded with thorns with which ungrateful men pierce me at every moment by their blasphemies and ingratitude. You, at least, try to console me and say that I promise to assist at the hour of death with the graces necessary for salvation all those who on the first Saturday of five consecutive months shall confess, receive Holy Communion, recite five decades of the rosary, and keep me company for 15 minutes while meditating on the 15 mysteries of the rosary with the intention of making reparation to me. So here are Mary's requests in a list format, if anyone's taking notes. Again, she asked for us to go to confession, to receive Holy Communion, to pray the rosary, make an additional meditation in her company, all with the intention of making reparation to her Immaculate Heart. Now, my sisters and I practice and promote this devotion on the first Saturdays of the month, invite people to our convent to participate in this devotion and making reparation to Our Lady. But occasionally, we've been guests at other parishes. We've gone out on first Saturdays somewhere else, and to our great delight, we've seen parishes offering confession before or after Mass for people. Um, people will pray the rosary in common before or after Mass. But I think I could say we've never seen anywhere posted or listed the reasons for the reparation that we're making, the blasphemies, or meditations being made or offered. It just seems that people either don't know what they are, they don't know where to find resources, maybe they're not aware. So people are not completely fulfilling what Our Lady asked for. Maybe they don't know, and that's why we can go educate them. I have all kinds of resources, or whole stacks back there for you to take with you so you can help practice and promote this yourselves. All right, so in addition to the rosary, um, Mary asked us to make this meditation. Mary said, recite five decades of the rosary and keep me company for 15 minutes while meditating on the 15 mysteries of the rosary. And of course, St. John Paul the Great added five more, so now we have 20. Now this is very flexible. We can pray with the same mystery for 15 minutes. We can, you know, meditate on several. And the way our sisters practice it is we take that 15-minute time span and have five little mini meditations. The sister will give a few points and we'll have some silence. A few points, silence, a few points, silence. And we try to make it go with the liturgical life of the church. So during Lent, during First Saturday, we'll offer points for meditation on the Sorrowful Mysteries. And then the Easter season, we'll have the Glorious Mysteries. You know, Advent and Christmas, we'll have the Joyful Mysteries, the Luminous, and there's, you know, somewhere during ordinary time. So that way people can more fully enter into the, what our, the church is celebrating. You can find resources and reflections on the Mysteries of the Rosary in all kinds of places, but I will show you some that our sisters have put together, especially for this year in the 100th anniversary of Our Lady of Fatima. The other element we really need to look at and be intentional about is the intention, <laughs> the intention to make reparation. So what are we making reparation for? Mary said that people were insulting her heart with their blasphemies and ingratitude. Now, blasphemy seems like a big, heavy word, and I thought, who should we ask to define blasphemy but Father Hardin, the founder of the Institute on Religious Lives. So um, what does Father Hardin say about blasphemy? He says, it's speaking against God in a contemptuous, scornful, or abusive manner, which we know. But serious, contemptuous ridicule of the saints, sacred objects, um, or persons consecrated to God is also blasphemous because God is indirectly attacked. Now, who's closer to God but Our Lady? And insults against her very much offend Jesus and the, the Eternal Father who chose her. So we know what blasphemy is. It's an 
a grave insult. Then what's reparation? Mary asks us to make reparation. Father Hardin says, it is the act or fact of making amends. With respect to God, it means making up with greater love for the failure in love through sin. Now, we can make reparation for our own omissions and our own sins, but also for that of others. It's a beautiful thing that we can participate with Jesus in making reparation for sins so they can come back, sinners can come back to God. Now, Mary asks us to confess, receive Holy Communion, pray the rosary, and meditate. And she says, with the intention of making reparation to me. Now, I think it's so easy in the, the busyness of life to go through the day without being intentional. So what does it mean to be intentional? We have to form an intention. What are we doing here on the first Saturday devotion? We are consoling the heart of our Blessed Mother, our Queen. She's full of grace. She never sins. She doesn't deserve any insult whatsoever. So we have to get out of ourselves and think of our mother. And, you know, because of concupiscence, we're so self-centered. It's just in us. And the secular society doesn't help us. I mean, as a teacher, I see my math, my learning plan, my favorites, my, 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 you know. It's like, this is exactly what we don't need. We need to get out of ourselves. And we're asked to console the heart of our mother and think of her and of sinners, of course. And then what does it mean to be intentional? It means to be wholehearted. You know, we're not just going through a checklist of prayers here. We're putting our whole mind and our whole heart into what we're doing, or we ought to be. You know, we can put our whole being into it. That's the way our Lord lived. That's the way our lady lived. That's the way we need to live as faithful Christians. So Jesus, when he spoke about the element of making reparation, Sister Lucia was asked by her confessor, why, why is Our Lady asking for five Saturdays of reparation? Why not seven for Our Lady of Sorrows? Or why not nine, like, you know, the Sacred Heart of Jesus, we have nine months for the first Fridays. Why five? So she asked Jesus before the tabernacle, what do I tell my confessor? Jesus came another time and said, it is true, my daughter, that many souls begin the first Saturdays, but few finish them, and those who do complete them do so in order to receive the graces that are promised thereby. There's an element of selfishness. Jesus is speaking of intention. It would please me more if they did five with fervor and with the intention of making reparation to the heart of your heavenly mother than if they did 15 in a tepid and indifferent manner. Now, we know what Jesus says in the book of Revelation about lukewarmness. I will spew you out of my mouth. He does not have a ta any taste for lukewarmness. Jesus has a passionate intensity in everything he does, and he loves his mother deeply, and he wants us to love her with intention and with a deep love as well. All right, here's the next time our Lord spoke to Lucia. Why five Saturdays? Jesus said he's offended, of course, that his mother has been offended, and she's offended in specific ways that he's going to list for us. First, let me tell you, Jesus said that to Lucia, Mary saw the peril of sinners who had insulted her, <laughs> and she pleaded with Jesus on their behalf that something could be done to make reparation so that they would convert and not receive the anger of Jesus. <laughs> so you see the humility of Our Lady. She's forgetting herself, and she's thinking of sinners, just like Jesus on the cross. And again, she's so humble, asking that reparation be made to herself. Can you imagine going up to somebody and saying, People have been really rude to me lately, and Mother Superior says you should be extra nice to me to make up for it. It would be hard to speak up for yourself like that, right? Our Lady is so humble, she's not thinking about herself or being self-conscious at all. She's concerned for the sinners, and so that they will be converted and saved. What a beautiful charity we see in Our Lady. So Jesus says to Mary, 
Why are there five Saturdays? Daughter, the motive is simple. There are five ways in which people offend and blaspheme against the Immaculate Heart of Mary. There are blasphemies against her Immaculate Conception, against her virginity, against her divine maternity, refusing at the same time to accept her as the mother of all mankind, by those who try publicly to implant in the hearts of children indifference, contempt, and even hate against this Immaculate Mother, and by those who insult her directly in her images. So let's take a look at each one of those insults against Our Lady um, and what we can do about it, what we can do to make reparation. So the first intention is to make reparation for offenses against Mary's Immaculate Conception. So Mary is conceived without sin. She's completely full of grace, overflowing with grace, beautiful. She's given exceptional gifts by God, singular privileges, which all flow out of Jesus' act of redemption, you know, applied to her ahead of time. The Immaculate Conception is rejected by many Protestants, and even some Catholics, because they say Mary is no different from anyone else. She's just a lady that God chose, and then she bore the Savior, and that's it. Well, this amounts to denying one of God's greatest works. Mary is God's masterpiece. I mean, she's what we all are designed to be, but God preserved her in a special way because she has a special role. Um, and we ought to honor her as the queen that she is and not deny what our Lord has done for her. Now, let me ask you all a question. Maybe you have some scholars out there. What is, okay, two Latin terms. What's the difference between latria and dulia? Two different kinds of praise, right? So latria is really adoration or worship that's due to God alone. And dulia would be the honor or veneration that we give to saints and angels. Mary receives hyperdulia. So she's not God, she's a creature, but she's been greatly exalted. So she doesn't receive the ordinary honor of ordinary saints. She receives a greater honor and veneration. Now that's a distinction that's really helpful to make when people shy away from acknowledging the privileges God gave to Mary, because we don't have to shy away. We can give her greater honor, but we're not worshiping her. We're giving her honor in the footsteps of God. God's the one who honored her first. So um, as, we, as we honor her as the queen she is, and we acknowledge the great gifts and privileges that the Lord has given her, we're making reparation and also educating people so that they're not afraid to honor her as is fitting. The next reparation that we need to make is for offenses against Mary's perpetual virginity. So we call Mary the Blessed Virgin Mary. She is a virgin and mother. Mary is not only a virgin when she conceived Jesus. The church understands that Mary was always a virgin. She intended to remain a virgin. And that's more than just physical integrity. You know, it, it is that too, but there's more. She's this model of radical, total, perpetual gift of self to God and radical receptivity to God. The virginal heart is one that is completely given to our Lord, and the Lord is the, the love of that heart. So we see that especially in Our Lady. Now, Our Lady of Lourdes said, I am the Immaculate Conception, which is almost like saying, I am purity, but by the grace of God, right? And St. Maximilian Kolbe said, the Holy Spirit is the uncreated Immaculate Conception. Mary is the created Immaculate Conception. That's a tremendous statement. But what he means by that is she's so very pure and so totally the Lord's. Her virginal heart is all for God. Now, the Orthodox call her the Ark of the Covenant and the Temple of the Lord. And Jesus himself in the Beatitudes says, Blessed are the pure of heart, for they shall see God. So 
Mary's virginity, while it involves definitely that physical integrity, that literal virginity, also means so much more than that. She's totally the Lord's. Um, now, we look around in society, we see a lot of sexual depravity, and Mary shows us the beauty of someone who's totally joyful and fulfilled as a virgin, as someone who's totally the Lord's. She's a beautiful model for all vocations, especially for consecrated life. So we look to her as our model and make reparation by imitating her. Now, the next reparation we're going to make is for offenses against Mary's divine maternity. God the Son, from all eternity, is a divine person with a divine nature, but then he uh, was incarnate in the womb of the Virgin Mary and acquired a human nature. So Mary is the mother of a divine person. And if we say Mary's not the mother of God, we're basically making a heretical statement that Jesus is not God. So again, a lot of Protestants and some Catholics are fuzzy on this. They are afraid of calling Mary the mother of God because it seems like they're afraid that means he originated in her. But we know that's not true. He's an eternal person who entered into time through Our Lady. So St. Cyril of Alexandria at Ephesus says, if we get it right on Mary, we'll get it right on Jesus. So we, we don't have to be afraid to call her mother of God. And we affirm that every time we pray the Hail Mary. Um, now, Jesus shared his mother with us at the foot of the cross by entrusting her to um, John the Beloved at the foot of the cross. So we, again, we receive our mother with love and trust. And I had to tell you, this really fired me up on making this five Saturday devotions with greater intensity. So recently, last month, I received an article from Life News that had a headline about a really horribly blasphemous thing against Our Lady's maternity and Jesus. There was a group of pro-choice activists in South America who dramatized in the street in front of a Catholic church the abortion of baby Jesus. And the woman acting like Mary had this gleeful expression on her face. It was absolutely disgusting and horrifying. And at the same time as I felt this shock and horror, I can't believe somebody's doing this. In 2017, I felt pity for those people. I thought, do they know what they're doing? I hope not. Because if they do, that's even worse. You know, but we're making reparation for people like that, but also for people who are falling into heresy. So there are many reasons to make reparation. Some of them are gravely scandalous and others are more slight, but all of these reparations are important. All right, the next one is for making reparation against for those who take children away from Mary or teach her to be indifferent or hateful toward her, contemptuous toward her. You know, Jesus said, let the children come to me. But when he was a child, he went to Mary. You know, he entrusted himself to her. So it follows that he would entrust other children to her as well. Now, devotion to Mary is so Catholic. In England, under Queen Mary, there was Marian devotion in the 16th century. But then when we had Queen Elizabeth and it was Protestant, all devotion to Mary was gone. You could see very clearly in history that Marian devotion is identified with the Catholic faith. And we see that in our own country too. Now, people sometimes fear, again, giving Mary any attention because they don't want to give her too much attention. And it's, again, helpful to make that distinction between Latria, Dulia, Hyperdulia. You know, we're giving honor to Our Lady in imitation of the Lord who did it first. One time, our sisters were invited by a Protestant pastor to come talk to his, his, a committee he'd formed on how much attention they should give to Mary because he'd been reading the Fathers of the Church and realized he should include her in his Christmas sermons. <laughs> so he wanted to give her some attention, but not too much. Um, and he asked sisters of the Immaculate Heart of Mary to help him find that balance. That's kind of interesting. Now, even amongst Catholics, there can be a void you know, like, oh, Mary is nice, but not necessary. Well, actually, she is. God thought she was necessary. 
he gave Jesus to us through her, and he was drawing us back to himself through her and with her. Now, we know that Satan wants to deprive us of Mary because she's so powerful. And there's a battle going on for the youth, a spiritual battle. And there are so many forces out there that are drawing everyone, but especially the impressionable youth, away from the Lord. Who better than Our Lady to bring them to Jesus? So if we teach our youth um, to be in the company of Mary and to trust her, they're going to probably have a lot greater chances of success at being faithful and lifelong disciples. Now, you might think back to your own youth and what role Mary played in your life. And maybe that'll help spur you on as you draw the youth toward Jesus through Mary. The last reason we make reparation is for offenses against Mary and her sacred images. These are direct attacks because when Our Lady or anybody is insulted through an image, it's really an attack on the person. If you step on somebody's picture, you're kind of insulting the person, right? So same thing, if someone's asked to step on a crucifix to deny their faith, it's, they're not just denying the cross, they're denying the person of Jesus. Well, here too with Mary, any offenses against her images are offenses against her. So sacred art reflects the culture and forms it. And we have, you know, the painting of Our Lady of Czestochowa in Poland. That's reflective of the culture. Well, somebody desecrated that image, and when somebody tried to restore the painting, the scars reappeared on her face. It's just like Mary wanted that sign to be there, that somebody was, had offended her, and she received it, but she wants us to continue praying for those who dishonored her. The Pieta in Rome has been desecrated. That's why it's so far back and behind a lot of glass. I recently learned about in South America and Mexico, there are gangs that, of drug dealers that take the image of Our Lady of Guadalupe and replace her face with a skull and call it Santa Muerte, it means holy death, and they actually invoke the devil's aid with this image. That's blasphemous. That's horribly insulting to Our Lady and outrageous. We need to make reparation for these things. And you know, even in cemeteries, people might spray paint statues, including Our Ladies, break fingers off. You know, these are, these are obvious desecrations. But then there are also things like letting statues fall into disrepair. Um, so how do we make reparation for these? Keeping things in good condition, like our statues and our images of Mary, putting flowers by them, and remembering that when we see an image of Our Lady, we're not just walking by a nice piece of art. You know, we can reverence her and thank her for her participation in bringing us closer to the Lord. We can invoke her person when we see the image that represents her and make reparation by that awareness. All right, now, by way of summary, I have a little song that we can sing, but I'm not slightest bit interested in doing a solo, so please sing with me. The tune is The Church's One Foundation. Immaculate conception, lifelong virginity, and Mary's universal divine maternity. The trust and love of children, her images in art, for insults to Our Lady, let us console her heart. Let us make reparation on five first Saturdays, confession and communion, the rosary we pray, an extra meditation in Mary's company, all with the intent to honor our 
I bet you're all thinking, how do I delve into this Fight for Saturday devotion and make reference to the Immaculate Heart of Mary starting next weekend, which is the first Saturday of May? My sisters and I printed dozens and dozens and dozens of these little first Saturday cards. I have a little few handouts in the back that you can take with the five blasphemies listed, the intentions for reparation, and some samples of meditation. Or you can go to our website here and print meditations. And of course, there are many places to find meditations on the rosary, uh, the mysteries of the rosary and the life of Jesus. But we have some here that we've specifically been putting together for this 100th anniversary of Our Lady of Fatima's appearance in Portugal. So we can start one week from today. I highly encourage you all to, to do this, especially with somebody else. You can have an accountability partner. Now, before we go, take a moment and think of a hidden sacrifice you can make today for sinners and to console the heart of our mother. Something that you can do on the behalf of sinners. So they will come around and come back to our Lord. Um, it can be an active or a passive penance, but something today and something with intention. And this will be our closing prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Mary said, sacrifice yourselves for sinners and say many times, especially when you make some sacrifice. And let's pray this together. Oh Jesus, it is for love of you, for the conversion of sinners, and in reparation for the sins committed against the Immaculate Heart of Mary. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you. Thank you for joining us for this podcast. I hope that this podcast has inspired you and that you will pray along with me for an increase in vocations to the priesthood and religious life. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. O God, throughout the ages, you have called women and men to pursue lives of perfect charity through the evangelical counsels of poverty, chastity, and obedience. We give you thanks for these courageous witnesses of faith and models of inspiration. Their pursuit of holy lives teaches us to make a more perfect offering of ourselves to you. Continue to enrich your church by calling forth sons and daughters who, having found the pearl of great price, treasure the kingdom of heaven above all things. Amen. Thank you and God bless.